Well, today I want to share with you once again about our vision, because as I started off this series, I said it's our vision that helps us accomplish our mission, which is that of making more and better followers of Jesus Christ. That's why we exist. Really no other reason is to help person after person come to know Jesus Christ, know his love and acceptance and grace and mercy that we've all received from him, and then to share that and make more disciples and to make them into better, mature followers of Jesus. So our vision then is to move beyond ourselves and create more opportunities to make more and better disciples. And we're planning on doing that by building, one, a community center, Number two, by starting a new church in a new location, and then by developing a cash flow fund. Because it's those three things that will help us create new opportunities to build new relationships with more people who don't yet have a church home, who don't yet have a relationship with Christ. And so those three things are important to us as we move forward, getting beyond ourselves. And we're doing those things because of this. Here's our key scripture. Take a look. God says, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. That means that we who follow the model of Jesus Christ, we who follow the model of Christ who said, I'm not going to look at my own interest. It's pretty comfortable up here being God, pretty comfortable up here being heaven. I'm going to look beyond my own interests. And look at the interests and the needs of others. We're going to model after Jesus who came for us. And so we follow that model and we look at the interests of others. And how can we best help them build a relationship with us and a relationship with God? But to do that always requires us as God's people to take some steps of faith. Some steps of trusting God to move into some new and bigger areas of ministry. And the first thing we want to do, as I've been sharing, is build that community center. And the reason we want to build that community center is because it's going to allow us to launch some new activities that will help us build community with more people. So today, once again, this is going to be a repeat for some of you guys, but for some that maybe this is the first time you've seen it, take a look at this. We want to build a community center out on this lawn area that kind of looks like this. And this next slide looks like the activity court. And that activities court is going to be a full-on basketball court, volleyball court, tennis court, outdoor soccer court. I mean, anything you can imagine we can do on that court. It's going to be a rubberized surface, and I'll talk about that a little bit more later. But a beautiful spot, lights for night, beautiful spot where we can do all these new ministries, but also available for all of our all of our children's ministries, all of our junior high and high school ministries as well. There's going to be audio. There's going to be video out in these areas. And so things we can do just escalate. The next view is the hospitality court. Anybody like food in this church? You're all lying. <laughs> we all love food. And we want to have a, a permanent place where we can move our coffee over and our fellowship time and our snacks over and another time where we can have some smaller outdoor leadership training dinners and, and things like that in the hospitality court. The next slide is our play court. We want to have a full-on 
park-quality play structure for our older children. The tots and toddlers are all going to still continue to have play things out uh, outside of their classrooms. We want to have a higher quality for older kids out on this, this court area. So once the service is dismissed, your kids, as you uh, fellowship and have coffee and enjoy visiting, they can be shooting baskets, they can be playing on this play structure, and the fellowship level of here can just grow and grow and grow as we develop these things. Now, I want to talk about the activity court just a little bit more. It's going to, the surface is going to look something like this. Colorful surface. It's going to be about five-eighths of an inch top. If it ever rains in Southern California, it's porous, so the rain goes through, so there's not a slipping, sliding problem. It has traction, so it's different than just smooth concrete. You're going to be able to stop. It's easy on your knees for those of you guys who like to play sports. Um, it's a cushioned indoor, I mean, it's cushioned outdoor service, uh, surface that we can do any sport on and you can dive for volleyball and not skin up your knees and all of those kind of things is something that will really meet the needs of all of the activities we want to have. And yet as little kids are running, they fall and bump their head like Mark Schulert and stuff like that. <laughs> little kids like Mark, yeah. Uh, they slip and bump their head. They're not, it's not going to hurt. I mean, it's, it's a cushioned surface. And so, and yet it's, it's a great surface. It's something that's being used by YMCA all over the country. Outdoor surface, it's awesome. The next thing is this play court structure. It's going to be something like this. This is one of the companies that's uh, making a bid for us that we might go to and use, but it's going to be something like that, high-quality outdoor park structure um, that we can just have for lots and lots of years. So the first part of our vision is to build this high-quality community center. And I emphasize the community center because we want to build community with our community. And all of God's people said, amen. We want to offer things that can get kids off the streets, give them things to do, structured play after school. That's a part of our vision. Second, the next part of our vision is to start a brand new church. And as you know, this church is going to be located in the Fresno Clovis area of the Central Valley of California. Most of you know that we have sent one of our pastors, David Hopper, to begin building his core team, selecting his volunteer staff, and our plan is to launch a brand new church there in that area in May of 2015. Pastor David is here. Would you welcome him as he comes? He's here to share with us. <laughs> I went up to see Pastor David and Elise a couple weeks ago and meet their, uh, some of their core team and core staff, and I was blown away at the quality of people that he's already gathering to be a part of that. And I'm always blown away at how Elisa cooks and all the good food. But anyway, great time. Share with us. Well, thank you so much again for all of your support. I was just actually meeting with Ryan De La Cruz about website stuff, and you guys have been beyond off the charts helpful. I meet with Pastor Carlos and uh, Larry. This guy's Larry over here. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we meet every week over Skype and just talk through ideas and thoughts and uh, praying over us because we're usually sick every other week. So you're always praying for us and helping us through this whole process. This, you brought our team yesterday, uh, you came in Friday, and it was such an answer to prayer in so many ways. We are at a critical moment. Uh, we were meeting on Friday nights in a church that allowed us to be there for free. But Friday nights is an interesting night where in Clovis, you may not experience this here in your Belinda, but people really like sports. Sports <laughs> are like God. And so it's been a difficult Friday night to meet week after week and get people to, you know, make Friday nights uh, a commitment when kids are in every other thing going on around the world. So moving to Sundays became priority one. 
And we weren't really sure how you, you do that because when you move to Sundays, you also begin paying rent and you, all those. There's, this is a really long story, so I'm going to try and shorten it up. The church we were meeting at kind of asked us to take over their first service, and they would merge in with us, which is a miracle. And when we take over that lease, there's a there's another church renting that takes the major portion of it in their rent. So we would be paying about a thousand a month to have ten thousand square feet, which is just not even. Larry and I went around all of Fresno looking at all the properties in and West as well, and it was this is a miracle. And then. We get to do this in November, which is next week, but there's a lot of cleaning that needed to happen. So if there was only this group that would show up out of the blue from Canyon Hills to start helping us clean, and that happened this last weekend. So yesterday we cleaned and we fixed all the storage areas up because Pam sent like 28,000 boxes of curriculum. So I had to fix all the storage to make sure that all fit. And then we sent Carlos and Bob and a bunch of others and their wives out into the neighborhoods to say, hey, there's this new church and we want to see how we can be a blessing to you. And people actually allowed us to do that. We were able to mow some lawns, pray with people. One guy was like, I've been looking for a church. And it was just these all these God moments happening. Uh, and you guys came right in that moment. We had Randy Edwards up on a ladder fixing our lights and trying to get that all right. We were working on sound. Um, it was just an incredible blessing. You guys continue to overwhelm us with your incredible blessings in a journey that is difficult and challenging. So thank you. We couldn't do it without you. Keep praying for us. We need it on a daily basis. And pray. Next week we move to Sunday, so pray for that to go well as we continue in this pre-launch phase, get people excited, and then launch next year. All right. Thank you. <laughs> there. Off to a great start and uh, just working hard and uh, just building a good, solid core team. So we're excited about you, David and Elisa. The third part of our vision is to develop that cash flow fund. And that's not as exciting as a community center or, or a new church, but it is exciting when you understand that it ensures that our core ministries will be able to move forward and have the cash flow needed during those low giving times of, of summer or uh, sometimes when people are on vacation. And so it ensures that the missionaries we support get paid. It ensures that the Juarez trips continue to go and the Philippines uh, leadership development conferences still get funded and, and staff still gets paid and all of those kind of things. But beyond that, all of the core ministries that we do, children's ministry, youth ministry, all those things go on. And there's a cash flow fund that on those low giving times, we can use it as our line of credit, but we don't pay interest to anybody. It's ours. That's just, that's incredible. And that is exciting because those times do hit. Now, on every part of this vision, all three parts, your staff, your elders are listening to God. We're planning, we're strategizing, we're getting ready to implement. And like Joshua, we're doing our part to step into the Jordan River or into the vision of a new and better future in faith. And we're trusting like Joshua, God, to part the waters and allow us to cross into a new land, a new time, and new ministries for Canyon Hills. But even though God did a miracle for the Israelites at the Jordan River to let his people pass into a new and better future, which was the promised land, once they got over there, there were new challenges in that new place. And one of those challenges was the wall that was surrounding Jer Jericho. 
How in the world could they settle in this land? How in the world could they conquer the giants in that land if they couldn't overcome the people inside that wall? The wall was tall. The wall was thick. The wall was fortified. And it seemed impossible for them to ever penetrate that wall. Well, folks, as we talk about our vision, it's no different for us. We as a church have seen God's miraculous hand at work in the past. Those of you that were a part of this church when we used to meet out in La Palma in a light industrial building, you saw God's miraculous hand move this church to this new land, this new property, and to see this go up. We've seen God's miracles take place. And so like the Israelites, we too have crossed into a new and better place where we've been more effective. We too have come to a place of greater ministry opportunities and a greater trust and faith in our God. And yet today, when it comes to this vision, there's a wall before us. There's a wall that's big before us. For the Israelites, it was no longer crossing a raging river, but is now the wall of the city that was standing between them and their vision. And it's the same for us. There's a wall standing between us and our vision. And here's the wall. It happens to be a financial wall. And the wall is like $395,000 big. (laughs) That's the wall. So how do we plan to overcome this wall so that we can move into a better future and create more opportunities for others? Here's the plan. For the next 12 months, between November 2014 to November 2015, We all need to pray together and strategize together and commit together what we can raise to meet this $395,000 and see the wall come tumbling down. Amen? That's, That's our challenge. That's our wall. And the exciting thing is this. You see, next June, June 2015, we as a church get to celebrate together our 25th anniversary as a church. And we'd like to celebrate our 25 years together by seeing that cash flow fund established, done. We'd like to celebrate that by having launched a new church. It's up and running. And David and Elise will come back and share the update. And we'd like to celebrate by having enough funds to break ground on that Sunday on our community center, turn the shovel over and start the tractors rolling. Amen? That's what we'd like to celebrate. And so we are committed that this vision is the vision that we, the staff and elders, feel God is leading us towards, that he's spoken to my heart years ago. But we're committed to see this vision happen only on a cash basis. No construction loans, no going into debt, cash basis. We feel like God wants this to be a a state-of-the-art stewardship move. So we're not going to be taken out alone to see this vision accomplished. And so this is how we plan to do it. And when you each came in, we gave you all a card. Take a look at this card right now. And it simply says this. I will be give, begin giving to beyond ourselves to create these opportunities, community center, church plant, cash flow fund. And I'll create opportunities by, one, praying for success in getting beyond ourselves. We ought to all check that box, okay? I, we need your prayer support. How can we as a church best get beyond ourselves. Second, or I'll give 
X amount as a 90-day challenge matching gift. And I'm praying that God's going to raise up two or three families that'll say, I want to give a significant amount towards this. And and whatever people give, I'm going to match. In the, in the first 90 days, whatever people give, the whole church gives, I'm willing to match up to this amount, 50000 up to 100000 whatever this might be, I'm willing to match. So, folks, if we get on the ball and we give really quick in the first 90 days and, and commit whatever God's put in our heart, whatever those matching gifts are, our money's doubled. Amen? Our money's doubled. And so God is just going to work and bless, I think, in amazing ways like that. Or some of us can maybe give 50 or or $100 a month, two, $300 more a month for the next 12 months. And if we all get involved in this, the wall's going to come tumbling down. We're going to see the community center go up, the church plant, uh, have all it needs to, to launch and go forward and be healthy. And that cash flow, absolutely established. So today, to help us understand how this can work, I want to share with us the story of Joshua and the people of God and the wall that they faced after their big river crossing miracles, kind of like after our big crossing to come to this property, right after they entered the promised land. And I want to encourage you to respond to our wall like they responded to their wall. I want to encourage you to do that because their response brought victory. It absolutely brought victory. Today, I want to talk with you about how we can march forward in faith toward our vision as they did. Let's pick up the story in Joshua chapter 6. Bible says this. Now, Jericho was tightly shut up. Why? Because they had just witnessed God drying up the river of Jordan. The kings of... uh, uh, and all the people of the Amorites and the Canaanites, they just watched a million plus people walk through a dry river that was never dry because God dried it up and come into their land. So they all went into the city of Jericho. So Jericho's now tightly shut up because of the Israelites and because they were so afraid of this million plus people walking across and into their land. No one went out, no one came in. The Amorites and the Canaanites were inside Jericho, shut up, scared. Then the Bible goes on and says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with all its kings and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And then it says, when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up and every man straight in. The bottom line is this. God's people are to march trusting God to knock down the walls. God just wants us to do our part, to step out and take steps of faith, to march, do what he says, and he will cause the walls to come down. That's exactly what the Israelites did, and that's what God is calling us to do. So today I'm going to share four things from this story that I think apply to you and me and this church. First of all, write this down. First of all, there was a problem. There was a problem. Right after their big miracle, seeing the river dry up so that they could cross into the promised land, here was this big wall. They just had a big miracle, and now here's a big wall. 
The wall was the people of Jericho and the actual wall around the city of Jericho. And the spies that had gone in to look at the land realized that the people were big and strong and they had all kinds of weapons. And then the second wall was just the wall around Jericho was huge. It was fortified. It was thick. But listen to what the Bible says about the people inside the wall. Now, when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until we had crossed over, their hearts melted and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. Now, even though they had lost their courage to go out and attack the Israelites, we got to understand they were still strong and they're still shut up in this fortified city, secure. We got to understand they still had the home court advantage. They were still on their home turf. And even though they were choosing to not attack, it doesn't mean that they wouldn't be fierce and fighting back. So the Israelites had a real problem. And we have a problem just like them. We have a wall between us and our vision that needs to collapse. We need any wall that threatens to stand between us, whether it's a financial wall or a design wall or a city problem wall, whatever. We just need that wall to go down and collapse. So first of all, when it came to the Israelites and their vision, there was this problem, a wall. But the second was this. There was a word. There was a problem, and then there was a word, a word from God. The Bible says the commander of the Lord's army came to Joshua and shared a direct word from God. Take a look at this. Look at this once again. The Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. I've got them all huddled. <laughs> They're all in one spot for you. Along with his kings and his fighting men. Now go march around the city once with all the armed men. March once a day for six days. Then have the seven priests carry their trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And then on the seventh day, march around the city seven times. Not just once, but seven times. And this time, let the priests blow their trumpets. And then it goes on and says, And when you hear them sound this big, long blast of the trumpet, have all the people just shout, ah! You know? Have them go nuts. And then the wall of the city is going to collapse, and the people will go up, and every man will go in and take the city. That was the word of the Lord to the Israelites. But I want you to know, we've got a word from the Lord as well. And I don't take this lightly. Over the years, I've learned how the Lord speaks to me. It's an unmistakable voice that I've come to know and test and try and trust over the years. And I've learned that when I follow his voice, there's victory. Jesus says, my sheep will know my voice. And I've learned to know his voice. And when we were considering moving to this property and building a church here, God gave me a word that still applies to this part of our vision. He gave me a word concerning our total vision for this place. Now, most of you know me well enough to know that I don't easily say that I have a word from the Lord. I'm very cautious about ever saying that I have a word from the Lord, let alone saying I have a word for you today. But I have a word for you today. This is what the Lord says. I want my people to march. For I want my people and their children to forever remember the day I delivered to them the vision 
that I placed before them. You see, there will come a day after God delivers to us this vision that we're talking about, that we will look back on this day and remember this day that we marched in faith, that we put our trust in God to knock down the wall and deliver to us our vision. So later today, I'm going to ask you to do the very same thing that God asked the Israelites to do. I'm going to ask you to march. Got any marchers here? (laughs) I'm going to ask you to literally march. I'm going to ask you to march around this undeveloped grass area out here and ask God as we march to knock down the wall. Once again, we're going to do our part. We're going to pray. We're going to give. We're going to trust. But we're going to trust God to do his part. And, and we will do the marching and the praying and the giving, but God will do the collapsing of every wall that stands between us and our vision. Folks, when it came to the Israelites and their vision, there was first a problem, and then there was a word, and God has given us a word. And third, there was a response. Write that down. There was a response from the people. The people actually did what God told them to do. And God was always telling them to do stuff, And most of the time, they didn't obey. (laughs) But they actually did this time what God told them to do. They marched around that wall. And I am sure they felt absolutely silly. Can you imagine fighting men, picking up their weapons, marching around that wall, musicians picking up their trumpet, People taking the Ark of the Covenant around the wall every day for six days in a row, but they were told to not say a word, not play a note, not use their weapons. Silently march around the wall. They're on a walk around this big city wall day after day. I imagine they felt absolutely foolish and awkward. I'm sure they felt tired and discouraged as they started to march around that city on the seventh day seven times. We're doing the same thing we've been doing for a week, and nothing's happened. And besides that, for some of those people, I felt like this just just not makes sense. We're going to march, and then God says we're going to play some music, and then we're going to all yell at the top of our lungs, and the wall's going to come down? What? (laughs) That's how our vision is going to come to fruition? For some people, they've had to feel silly. And they had to feel like, this doesn't make sense. How's our vision ever going to come true? How's that wall ever going to come down? But once again, in faith, they just did their part. They obeyed the word of God. God was teaching them to obey him, to trust him, even when it didn't make sense. Because every time they obeyed God in the wilderness or at the the water's edge, when they did their part, God showed up and stepped in and did his part. A miracle. So here, the people responded to God's word and they just marched. That's all they did. They just marched. And folks, we too can respond to God's word and we can march. So when it came to their vision, there was a problem, there was a word, there was a response. And write this down last, there was a victory. There was a victory on the seventh day, on the seventh trip around the city. The Bible says they sounded their trumpets, they shouted, and the wall came tumbling down. They experienced victory, and so can we. Listen really close now. 
Why did God part the Red Sea for Moses and the Jordan River for Joshua? The Bible tells us in Joshua chapter 4. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and that you might always fear the Lord your God. Why did God knock down the wall of Jericho? The Bible tells us he did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. And here's the next question. Why will God knock down the $395,000 wall standing between us and building our community center and starting a new church and developing a cash flow fund? Why will God do that? The Bible tells us he will do this so that all the peoples of the earth, including Yorba Lindens and Fullertons and Placentians and Coronans and Anaheim Hillians, <laughs> so that they will all know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and that they need to fear the Lord their God. That's why God will do it, so that we can be a witness to all the peoples in our community. So when it came to the Israelites and their vision, there was a problem, a word, a response, and then a victory. You see, this is the way I like to say it. Look at this. Those who march in faith, trusting in their God, they are the ones who get to see God do mighty feats and their vision made complete. Amen? We get to see God work and do things that are bigger than us, do miracles that we could never pull off by ourselves. We get to see God do that. There is a victory once again waiting for us. But God is saying, people, you got to march in faith. Now, you know that I'm usually not a radical kind of guy. You know that I, I usually don't ask you to do weird, out-of-the-box kind of things. But today I'm going to ask you to march because this is what the Lord says. I want my people to march for I want my people and their children to remember forever the day that I delivered to them the vision I put before them. So today we're going to march in faith for the future. We're going to do a victory march as we end this service. And so we're going to do our part and we're going to trust God to do his part. And that's collapsing the wall. So here's the plan. I'm going to have the musicians come. Here's the plan. First, we're going to march forward at the end of this service. And uh, we're going to have the ushers standing up here. So you can put your response cards in the offering plate like normal. And, and uh, you can uh, drop your tithes and offerings in the offering plate here at the front of the stage. But as the music starts, I'm going to have you stand. And you just pass by the ushers. And you just follow me out this door. And we're going to walk around. And we're going to march around that grass area. And when we're finished with the grass area, let's just gather by the front doors on the concrete. Just gather right, right around there. And I'm going to close the service in prayer. But as we do this, let's make this a prayerful march. As you pass by the, the play area for the kids, why not pray, Lord, let it be done. Let's just lift up all of these voices. And, and you don't, it, has, it can be audible or not audible, but just lift that up to the Lord. Lord, let it be done right here. As we go by the hospitality court, just say, Lord, let it be done. As we walk all the way around where the activity court's going to be, just pray, Lord, let this be done. And then pray, Lord, knock down the wall. Let it all be done. And then as you come to the concrete area out here by the sanctuary doors, we're just going to end together with a shout. Amen? <laughs> we're going to shout the same prayer. Lord, let it be done.
We're going to pray that prayer in faith and ask God to do a miracle. And then the service is going to be over. You can pick up your kids just like normal. Why are we marching? We're marching because the Lord has told us to march. And he wants us to march because he wants us to get out beyond ourselves and do something bigger and better for the people in our community. He wants us to think about others who have needs that God has already met in our lives. But he wants us to think about others. Let's get beyond ourselves and let's march.